This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, September 27th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week is in JAMA Pediatrics, titled Association of State Child Abuse Policies and Mandated Reporting Policies with Prenatal and Postpartum Care Among Women Who Engaged in Substance Use During Pregnancy. This study found that women who engaged in substance use during pregnancy and who delivered in states with a child abuse policy, a mandated reporting policy, or both policies, initiated prenatal care later. They also had a reduced chance for adequate prenatal and postnatal care compared with women who delivered in states without these child abuse policies. Such policies may deter pregnant people who engage in substance use from receiving the essential care and treatment they deserve. Next is a study in e-clinical medicine titled Prevalence of Smoking and Smokeless Tobacco Use During Breastfeeding, a Cross-Sectional Secondary Data Analysis. In this study, the authors investigated the impact of tobacco use among breastfeeding women between 2010 and 2020 across 78 low- and middle-income countries. About 1 in 28 breastfeeding women were found to be consuming tobacco. As a result, the authors call for tobacco cessation campaigns during postpartum for women in low- and middle-income countries. A new article in Translational Psychiatry is titled Rates and Correlates of Cannabis-Associated Psychotic Symptoms in Over 230,000 People Who Use Cannabis. This study analyzed data from an international sample of people who use cannabis and found that 0.47% reported lifetime occurrence of cannabis-associated psychotic symptoms. Higher rates were observed in young individuals, as well as individuals residing in Denmark, those who use predominantly high-potency resin, those mixing cannabis with tobacco, or those with the diagnosis of psychosis, bipolar, anxiety, and depression. Ultimately, acute self-limiting psychotic symptoms in the context of cannabis use may occur in about one in every 200 people who use cannabis in their lifetime. Next, we have an article in Molecular Psychiatry titled Spironolactone as a Potential New Pharmacotherapy for Alcohol Use Disorder, Convergent Evidence from Rodent and Human Studies. This study describes results from mice, alcohol-dependent rats, and humans regarding the effect of spironolactone on alcohol consumption. In mice, consumption of an alcohol solution was decreased by spironolactone in a dose-dependent manner. Spironolactone also decreased alcohol self-administration in both alcohol-dependent and non-dependent rats. Amount and frequency of alcohol use in humans decreased the most in subjects who were exposed to spironolactone, The authors conclude that spironolactone is a promising treatment for alcohol use disorder. A new article in BMC Public Health is titled, E-Cigarette Addiction and Harm Perception, Does Initiation Flavor Choice Matter? In this study, the authors did not find a statistically significant difference in the perception of harm or predicators of e-cigarette addiction based on initial e-cigarette flavor type. These findings suggest that banning non-traditional flavors alone may not significantly reduce e-cigarette use or development of dependence. Our next article, 
titled The Seeds of Ignorance, Consequences of a Booming Beetle Nut Economy, is in the New England Journal of Medicine. In 2022, it remains legal to sell the fibrous seed of the Eureka palm, commonly known as beetle nut. People use the substance for a stimulant effect that enhances alertness and, in some, produces a mild euphoria. In 2002, there were about 600 million beetle nut users worldwide, making Arecaline for betel nut the fourth most commonly consumed drug after caffeine, nicotine, and alcohol. Betel nut is an addictive oral carcinogen, a promoter of non-malignant odontogenic disease, and is associated with adverse pregnancy outcomes. Both betel nut consumption and the incidence of oral cancer have increased dramatically throughout the Asia-Pacific region in recent decades. The article encourages policymakers in these regions to adopt public health initiatives that address production and use of betel nut. A new article titled Prescription Opioids and Longitudinal Changes in Cognitive Function in Older Adults is in the Journal of the American Geriatric Society. The authors of this study found an association between opioid prescription and decreased global cognition, as well as a decrease in the cognitive domains of memory, language, and attention. Furthermore, in a multivariate analysis, each additional prescription was associated with greater decline in global cognition. Additional research is still needed to determine if there is a causal relationship or if opioid prescriptions may be associated with other conditions linked to cognitive dysfunction. Our final article is in the Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report, titled Notes from the Field, Nidazine-Related Deaths, Tennessee, 2019-2021. to Nidazines are a group of potent synthetic opioids, with some analogs as potent as fentanyl and others exceeding fentanyl's potency. This study searched Tennessee's death certificates and toxicology reports for fatal overdoses involving nidazine. Many toxicology panels do not include nidazines, and most of the deaths were, were reported by a single county that also sent samples to the DEA for testing. Nidazine deaths in other counties were likely undercounted. The analysis found that nidazine cases increased from 10 in 2020 to 42 in 2021, and naloxone was administered in only 23% of cases. The authors hope to increase awareness of nidazines in order to improve testing and treatment. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ASAM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary, delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and asam.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.